Good morning, Gen U. And everyone else that's joined us online this morning, thank you so much for being with us. Um, I, before we get into the teaching this morning, I just want to say a great shout out to our, our pastoral staff and our team and administrative staff here at Gen U. And I say this a lot, but there are not many things that I can take credit for around here, but I can take credit for hiring these guys, and they are doing a fantastic job of making sure that we have everything that we need and that you have everything that you need. And so uh, to the staff and to all the tech team, everyone that's making this happen Sunday after Sunday, thank you so much. The word that I have for you today, I believe, is a very timely word. Um, as I told you in the update a couple of days ago, I'm going to be dealing specifically from the life of David today. And uh, if you're in you version, you can follow along with my notes there. But uh, the, entire, the entire season that we're in, it is our hope, it is our prayer, and it is our intent that we grow stronger through this than we were when we started into it. And I believe that's gonna be happening. I believe it's already happening. Today we're gonna to be looking at 1 Samuel chapter 30. David and his 600 men have uh, been raiding with the Philistines, and this is before David becomes king of Israel. But what is happening now is they've returned to Ziklag, which is their home base. And as they return, they find out that the Amalekites have raided it, uh, made off with all the women and children, and burned the city to the ground. One translation actually says when they came into the city, it was still burning as they came into the city. But down about verse 5 there, when they realized that, that uh, Ziklag had been destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters had been taken captive, it says this, David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David realized that his two wives had been captured. He was distressed. And David went into a time of distress, yes, because of the fire, yes, because of his wives being taken, but also because the 600 men that were his closest friends had now turned on him and were considering stoning him. It says this, he was greatly distressed in verse six. The men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But then it says, but David found strength in the Lord his God. Now, there's a couple of things I want you to notice here before we get into the real body of this teaching today, and that is this. They all wept aloud until they were exhausted, David included. Every one of these individuals, they come into Ziklag, they realize what had taken place, they begin to weep, they wept aloud. The scripture says they wept aloud until they had no strength left. They were just absolutely and totally exhausted. Out of that weeping, out of that night of weeping, two attitudes begin to present themselves. The first one is the bitterness on the part of the men at David because of the situation. The second uh, attitude that we see is David's distress at the possibility of being stoned as well as the situation. He has an additional layer of this. He feels the weight of his family being taken, the city being burned, but he also now is recognizing that those that had fought with him in battle had been the closest allies to him in recent years, recent months. They were now turning on him, and there was a great possibility of him being stoned in this situation. Both of these attitudes, whether it's the, the men of David or David himself, it leads to specific actions on the part of the individuals. The men became bitter, and they considered actually committing murder in, in their time of distress. David, in his distress, chose not the path of bitterness, but the path of the Lord, strengthening himself in the Lord. There's nothing encouraging about the situation. 
Uh, David did not, but David did not limit his focus to the present circumstance. If he would have limited his focus to the present circumstance, then David would have gone the same way that his men went, and that is into a time of bitterness and discouragement and even contemplating something that is so far out of character for a child of God in this thing. But notice what happened. David encouraged himself in God. He encouraged himself in the Lord, in David's life. And we're talking about the whole of David's life up to this point now. But we can look back all these thousands of years in Scripture, and we recognize that David, David had ups and downs in his life. You read through the Psalms, the Psalms that he wrote, and you see that David had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. We read his life story in Scripture, and we know that, that David had peaks and valleys in his life. All of the chaos, all the crisis, through all of the ups and downs, there was one thing that was constant in David's life, and that was God. It was God. It's believed that Psalm 25 was composed during this time of David's life surrounding Ziklag. It says this, in you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. Verse four, show me your ways. Teach me, Lord, your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Listen to me, Jen, you, and those of you that are listening this morning. If we want to get through this and be stronger on the other side, then we must maintain our hope in the Lord. We're not going to find it by looking at CNN and Fox News and ABC and NBC and looking at all the news feeds. What we're going to find, if we're going to be strengthened on the other side of this, is that our eyes are on the Lord. And look what he said here in verse 15. My eyes are ever on the Lord. My eyes are ever on the Lord. If we want to have hope and we want to come stronger on the other side of this, then our eyes have to stay focused on the Lord during this time of crisis. God was David's constant because God never changes. God will be our constant because God doesn't change. No matter what the circumstances, God is above it all. He's seated upon the throne of sovereignty and dominion over the situation that we're all living in right now, over any circumstance and situation of your life. God is still sovereign. God is still in dominion. And if we keep our eyes on him, then we will have hope all day long in the Lord. I hope somebody said amen out there in your, in your living room, right there in your PJs. David's actions throughout his life, but particularly in this situation, are a lesson for us today. So how did David encourage himself in God? Well, he began by being a worshiper. David worshiped. It wasn't by lamenting the horror of his situation, but by focusing on the majesty and the power of God. By singing of the greatness of the creator who had spoken the worlds into existence. David sang of a deliverer who had already given him improbable victories in his life over the lion, over the bear, over the giant, over Goliath in his life. Why? Because Psalm 25, 15 says again, my eyes are ever on the Lord. Look what he said in Psalm 34. I will extol the Lord at all times. Not just in good times, not just in times of plenty, but also in times of famine and hardship. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me, he says. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord. He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Man. David worshiped God. 
The next thing that we see David doing is that David makes God bigger than the trouble. You see, I think sometimes our focus gets on the situation and we allow the situation to be magnified in our life and we, ma- we allow it to be magnified above the one who spoke the worlds into existence in our life. We let it be mag- the circumstance be magnified greater than the God that we serve. He said, my eyes are ever on the Lord. When we refuse to magnify the trouble or the present negative circumstance, God gets bigger. I remember, I'm reminded of Paul and Silas in the book of Acts. You know, they're in jail, they're in shackles and chains, they're way, way back in the recesses of the dungeon area of the jail. But then the Bible says that about midnight, they're there, they've been beaten to within an inch of of their life, all of these things are going on, and they begin to sing praises and hymns to the Lord. All the prisoners that said were listening. And around midnight, after they'd been worshiping for a little while, There was a massive earthquake. The prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors in the prison flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Why? Because Paul and Silas did the same thing that David did and that is they elevated God above the circumstance and above the situation. Magnify God. Don't analyze the trouble with a magnifying glass. It is what it is. We have to move through it and we have to get through it on the other side. But when we analyze it with a magnifying glass, it only leads to deeper discouragement. Our part in this thing should be to magnify God. Speak of his greatness, his power, his majesty. Talk about how great God is, how big God is, and how strong God is during this time of difficulty. God, David made God bigger than the circumstance. And then we see that David got a word from God. David got a word from God. First Samuel 30, verse 7 and 8, he's talked to Abiathar, the priest. He said, bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought it. David asked the Lord, Should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord's holding this. Here's David's word from God during this time. Yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. A couple things to notice here. The first thing is the ephod. Now, a lot of it's the garment of the priest. It's the garment of the priest. You may be sitting in your living room this morning thinking, I'm not a priest, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a preacher, so I can't hear get a word from God because I don't have that anointing on my life. Listen to me today. Because of the blood of Jesus, because of the resurrected Lord and Savior, because of the one that's interceding for you and I this morning, you and I have been made kings and priests unto God. We have the royal ephod, but it's not an outward garment that we live. It's the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. It's the blood of Jesus that flows through our veins. We are kings and priests unto God, and we can get along with God and receive a fresh, life-changing word from him just as David did. Romans 10, 17, that says our faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing and hearing, that repetitive nature. Listen to me, if you're gonna get a fresh right now word from God, then you're gonna have to seek the Lord for yourself. You're gonna have to listen to his voice for yourself and then you're gonna have to follow what that word says. The Bible teaches us in 1 John that faith is our victory. It's faith that the victory that overcomes the world. Every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith in God. Why? Because just as David said in Psalm 25, my eyes are ever on the Lord. The next thing David did is that David lived a life fully persuaded. He lived a life fully persuaded. That fully persuaded life is a contagious life. 
You say, well, they were going to kill David. All this was going to happen in David's life, and they were going to kill him. I get it. But something happened. Something happened between the time that the men thought of stoning David and David's word from God that shifted everything. Because there was at some point that David had to step in front of those same 600 discouraged, angry, mean men that wanted to kill him and convince them to follow him in battle to recover the things that they had lost. At some point, he had to stand in front of them. He had to step out from the, in, in front of the same men that were looking for the rocks to destroy David's life and go, hang on a minute, guys. Hang on a minute, guys. I've received a fresh word from God. And I want to tell you something. God's going to restore everything that's been stolen from us. God's going to recover everything that's been stolen from us. But you're not going to get it by killing me. The only way this is going to happen is if you follow me in the battle. Somehow, David's fully persuaded stance of what God can and will do in his life convinced those 600 men to follow him in the battle. We see a same similar stance that Abraham had. Um, he didn't waver. He was 100 years old, Romans tells us. He didn't waver when he, had, when he received the promise that he was going to have a son, even though he was 100 years old and Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 20 of Romans 4 says he didn't waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Then it says this, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. Listen to me, guys. You have to be fully persuaded this morning. You have to be fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he said he's going to do. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will not fear evil because God is with us. His rod and his staff, he comforts us. God is with us every step of the way. That is a promise that he has made to us. Living fully persuaded is contagious. When you live fully persuaded, people around you get to see that. They notice that and they follow suit and they, they, they literally tie themselves to your faith for a moment until their faith is built up. They're fully persuaded as well. And then finally, when you've been strengthened in the Lord, then strengthen somebody else. When you've been strengthened in the Lord, strengthen somebody else. David's resolve strengthened those around him. When he stood in front of those 600 guys that wanted to kill him and he said, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, I've got a word from God. I've got a promise from God and I'm fully persuaded that God's gonna carry that out in our life. You're gonna have to follow me in the battle. They did that. They were strengthened in that moment. It reminds me of another time in David's life when he was younger, but his father-in-law Saul was trying to kill him. And Saul's son Jonathan, in 1 Samuel 23, Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horash and helped him find strength in God. You need to be reaching out to somebody else today. Reaching out to your friends, reaching out to your family, to your loved ones, to your neighbors. Help them find strength in God. When we encourage ourselves in the Lord through worship, when we make God bigger than our situation, when we get a fresh right now word from God, when we live fully persuaded in our life and we begin to strengthen somebody else, then things begin to happen in our life. We don't have to sit back and shirk back in boredom during this time. We can continue to grow in God. We can continue to move forward in God. We can continue to be strengthened in God and we can strengthen those around us. In the name of Jesus, my eyes, David said, are ever on the Lord. Jen you, we will be stronger on the other side of this than we were when we entered it. I know it's a weird time. It's a strange feeling to preach to an empty building on Sunday mornings, I'm telling you. 
But knowing that you're out there, knowing that you're listening, knowing that you're receiving this fresh word from God this morning, I declare over you in the name of Jesus Christ that you will grow stronger in the Lord, that your worship will grow hard, stronger and stronger, that you'll make God bigger than the situation, that you will get a fresh word from the Holy Spirit this morning, that you're going to live fully persuaded, and then you're going to pour that into somebody else. Gen you, we're going to be stronger on the other side of this. Come on, right there in your living room. Give me a witness unto the Lord. Give me a big amen out loud. Come on. All right, let's stand right where you're at. I know you're at home. I know you're in your PJs. You got your coffee. It's okay. But let's stand. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together. This is such a restorative prayer, and that's what we need during this time. Let's pray it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts and we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Mm. Listen, Genu, we love you. We're praying for you. God bless you. We're going to send it back to the virtual lobby now. And don't go anywhere because Kids Corner is coming up in just a moment. God bless you. We love you.